from Matthew. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the good news. Please be seated. Oof, this text is a little uncomfortable. Jesus tells his followers that breaking the food laws of Israel are not what makes a person unclean, rather it's any harmful way that one speaks. Then he turns around and calls a woman a dog, unworthy of his attention, compassion, and healing. Jesus does not look good in this story. There are a lot of theories on why that is. So many people have studied this text to get Jesus off the hook. Maybe Jesus is kind of mirroring and mocking the way that his people exclude outsiders so that he can criticize it. But I don't really see it being in Jesus' style to prove a point at the expense of a hurting and fearful mother. Or maybe Matthew is putting words in Jesus' mouth to get his community to stop running theirs. Or could it be that Jesus is simply a product of his community and we are getting a rare glimpse into his humanity? The history and the law of Israel did say that the Messiah was for God's people and that this people were meant to stand apart And the Canaanites, they were Israel's ancient enemies. They were to be feared and hated, everybody believed. This is the water that Jesus swam in his entire life. So Jesus wasn't exactly operating out of the norms of his culture and time. And if Jesus was actually speaking his mind here, does that mean that something in this encounter shifts in him and he changes his mind? What does it mean if this woman's faith cracked open the tradition-shaped heart of Jesus? Is the Son of God capable of repenting and expanding? That's a hard one for a lot of Christians to swallow, and yet 
There is precedent for God seemingly changing God's mind in scripture. In Genesis 18, as Abraham pleads for God to save the people of Sodom, and God does. In Exodus 32, as Moses begs God to spare the Israelites who slipped into a little bit of idolatry with that whole golden statue thing, and God does. In Jonah 3, as God forgives the Ninevites after pronouncing that they would be overthrown for their wickedness. These theories about why Jesus said what he said kind of each bring their own questions and problems, and so this morning, I wanna argue that no matter which one of these is accurate or if any of them are at all, it actually doesn't matter that much and worrying about it causes us to miss the whole point of the story because no matter how you slice it, the truth, not the facts, but the truth of this text is that it's still uncomfortable. And it should be. It should be not because of what Matthew or Jesus may or may not have actually meant, but because we should be uncomfortable when we encounter injustice. It should feel like an itchy sweater when somebody is hurting and ignored. It should make us angry when somebody is treated as anything but an equally beloved child of God, deserving of grace and hope. The Canaanite woman should elicit something in us. She is brave and determined and sharp as a tack. I wish I knew her name, and yet I feel like I have met her so many times in this world wishing that I was more like her. I imagine her in the crowd as Jesus is teaching, hearing him redefine the purity laws of his community and religion, and I imagine she hears these words about what comes out of the heart and what goes into the mouth, and she sees her best chance. In her, the rubber will hit the road, and Jesus will immediately have to put his words into action. And so she approaches. And by calling him son of David, she positions herself in relationship to Jesus, ensuring that he can't see her as a stranger, but as kin. Because in Matthew's gospel, from the very beginning, it makes clear that Jesus' genealogy stems from King David, and it also highlights three Canaanite women in David's lineage. Rahab, Tamar, and Ruth. These women come from the enemies of the Israelites and yet they are heroes of the faith and they are mothers of the promised Messiah. This woman situates herself in a place of connection. And even when the disciples and Jesus give her the silent treatment and outright call her an outsider, she will not go away. She will not be dismissed. This is the act of a desperate mother a mama bear who will not be denied because if her child is not well, she is not well. And so she moves in closer. She kneels. She argues. 
She pushes for justice. She insists on equity. She persists in seeking freedom and hope and healing. And in doing so, she hearkens us back to the Abrahamic promise that God's people would be blessed, but not just for their own sake, in order to be a blessing for all, all, all the nations. And she demands that Jesus be what he says he is. She demands that God's kingdom break through in her her family's life too. I may be a dog, but even dogs get what they need to survive. And because of her assertiveness, she forces a turning point in Jesus' ministry because from then on in the gospel, we'll find him bucking toxic social norms and healing outsiders, healing Gentiles. Not only will he have a change of heart, a change of mind, he will act on it from then on in a way that will change the whole world forever. This woman worthy of having her name recorded in history, is amazing. And she shouldn't have to be. She shouldn't have had to be so bold. She shouldn't have been fighting the fight alone. The people experiencing the hurt shouldn't be the only ones who are crying out. The disciples, though they show up very little in this story, could have changed it in a dramatic way Jesus, send her away. She's annoying and she's loud. How many women have been called annoying and loud, by the way? Did their negative attitude influence Jesus's? Could their attitudes have been contagious in a different way if they'd shown up with compassion? And where was the rest of the crowd during this exchange? This woman should have been one voice of many, standing shoulder to shoulder with ones who are taking up her cause. Because what we hear from this gospel is that that is what faith looks like. Faith is understanding who Jesus is and what he's capable of, and then speaking up and working out until this world looks more like God's kingdom. Jesus calls that woman's actions faithfulness. Faithfulness is not about how well we can speak of God. It's not how much we know the Bible. It's not how many Christian activities we're a part of, but please register for those Christian activities, okay? (laughs) Faith. Faith is shown by how we speak up and live out the radical hospitality and love of God. We should all be pushing against injustice. We should all be insisting on equity. We should all be working to make sure that all are included in freedom and hope and healing. That is what faith looks like. And when faith is lived out, when it's put into action, hearts and minds are changed in the most surprising ways, including maybe even our own. When faith is lived out, healing comes. Salvation is experienced when faith is lived out even in a small way, the course of history can change. So when we feel the discomfort of injustice, let us not dismiss it but turn toward it with purpose. 
Let us not pity those who are in need, but listen to understand and be transformed. Let us refuse to believe that some people deserve what they get, and instead remember how big are God's mercy and grace. Let us not lose hope when we slip back into those toxic social norms that we've swum in, but instead trust that the Jesus that felt something shift in him during a challenging conversation forgives us always and gives us chance after chance. And when we have opportunity to make change, let us show up as boldly and without wavering as a Canaanite woman that Jesus might say, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for this Canaanite woman, whoever she may be. We ask that we would be as faithful and as bold as she is. Would we follow the actions of Jesus as he welcomed her? as he healed her daughter, as he modeled inclusion and love and salvation. Help us to follow him into the world, knowing that we are blessed to be a blessing for all. In Jesus' name, amen.